John, that first song, Take My Life, I had no idea that at the end of the service, I'm going to ask us to sing that song again. Father, I pray to you today. I thank you for the message we've already heard. I thank you for the testimony in Brother Ford's life and the testimony of his family. It's humbling. It's humbling to hear what people are willing to give up, what people are willing to do to just be, Lord God, with whom they desire to be with. So, Lord, today I pray, as we hear your word, as we've already heard the messages, that you humble us and give us that desire that same desire that Brother Ford had for his wife and his daughter. Lord God, let us have it for you. Speak today, Lord God, to your people. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Romans chapter 11, go to verse 33. You know, we're on this series on offering, on a soothing aroma to the Lord. And some interesting things happened in my life this week. And I'll share them with you. But God taught me one thing. You know, we all have things we, we offer and we want to give to the Lord and give out of our get up, give out of our, our what we have. And God made it clear. Before we can offer, and I'm gonna say it this way, before we can offer something, whether it's uh, money out of your wallet, whether it's you know house or property, but before we can offer something, we have to offer someone. You'll never be able to outgive God. You hear me? I said it last week and I'm saying it again. And last week when we were doing Brother Bill's ordination, I read Romans chapter 12, verse 1, and God snapped that sermon right immediately into my heart for this week. And he took me back to Romans chapter 11, verse 32, and we'll start reading, excuse me, verse 33, we'll start reading. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who became his counselor? This is in verse 35 on Romans chapter 11. Oh, who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? Verse 36. For, for him, for, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. In verse chapter 12, starting in verse 1. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Worship. If you go back to chapter 11 in those last few verses, it says in verse 34 and 35, there's two Old Testament quotes here. One from Isaiah 40 and 13. 
for who has known the mind of the Lord or who became his counselor? So in other words, who was able to give God instruction on how we should give, how we should be, who we should be and all that? Which one of us sitting here has ever been able to do that? None of us. We ought to be humbled by the fact that God did what he did. We no one asked him to do it. No one went and made the request to God that we should be brought in as part of Israel. No one did that. And in verse 35 says, or who has first given to him that he might pay back to him again? None of us offered something to God and then he felt obligation to give it back to him, did we? Did any of you make a sacrifice before Jesus? Did any of you give your first son and your only son before God gave his? Has anyone done that? Who made the first offerings? Who did these things? Who We didn't even know how to offer, y'all, until God determined how to offer. We think we got it figured out. We think we can pass the plate so we can give of this and give of that. And, and when God is the first and the one who gave the true offering, he's the one that set up the, the system. He's the one that set up the process. He's the one that gave the reasons. He's all of these things. And when we're giving and we're making these offerings, our only example is God in our giving. And, y'all, it's not about your, once again, I'm saying it again, it's not about your checkbook. It's not about your checkbook. It's not about your property because all of it is his and all of it belongs to him. He gave it to us so that we may use it for his purpose. And, y'all, we've got to understand this. Now, I know I sound like I'm repeating myself from previous sermons, but bear with me just for a moment. Verse 35 in chapter 11 says, or who has first given to him? This is out of Job chapter 41, by the way. Who has first given to him that it might be paid back to him again? You see, first off, God has given it all to us through Jesus Christ. But what we have to understand, first of all, is God owns it all. He owns it all. And part of that all is me. Part of that all is me. Get that. I mean, uh, all these some things that I have in in, in the car, in the house, and and the uh, the dog, and the RV, and the clothing, and the shoes, all of that stuff is his, but so am I. I'm the first thing. He didn't die for any of that. He died for this old bald man standing up here right now who's not perfect, who doesn't do everything right, but he died for me. And then how am I to pay it back to him by giving my things? No, to giving my me. Is that <laughs> forgive the grammar there? But giving me. You see, Paul In verses 33 through 36 in chapter 11 of Romans, he breaks out into a doxology, as they call it. He breaks out into this celebration, uh, this excitement, because it comes to knowledge that, wow, look what God did. He put me in a place that I didn't deserve. He put me in a status, then in a condition that I couldn't earn. He's done all of this for me. And you know what? It just got all over him, and he got excited. And in the middle of this, speaking about how he grafted us in, he just gets happy. I know I've preached this before, but once again, bear with me. 
And then after he does that in verse 36, he jumps down to verse 12, chapter 12, verse 1. This is another one of those scriptures where you need to cover up, ignore the chapter number. Just keep reading 36 to chapter 12, verse 1. And I'll read it like that. For from him and through him and to him all things, to him be the glory forever. Amen. Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. In other words, offer yourself before you offer anything else. Present your bodies a living. Keep in mind, a living and holy sacrifice. Holy that means untainted by the world. Guess what? That means perfected. Guess what? Christ perfected us so that we can present ourselves holy. You hear that? Christ perfected us. You couldn't clean yourself up. You couldn't fix yourself up. But through the death and resurrection and ascension of Jesus Christ, guess what happened? We became perfected. We became perfected. And now that perfection we're offering back to God. That's what he's saying here in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Present your bodies a living, alive, a, a someone vibrant and ready for service, ready to go. Living means what? Living means you're not dying. Okay? Living means that you're, you're providing, you're generating things, you're going, you're moving. And, and, and guess what? He wants that. And uh, he wants a sacrifice that is set aside for him, untainted by the world. Untainted by the influences of the world. Because, see, when we become that living, holy sacrifice, look what it says next. Acceptable to God. Acceptable to God. Us. Us. First. You. Willing to lay it all down. Willing to, to early in the service, and Miss Ellen, I'm going to call you out because it was beautiful. We had a situation. She laid everything down to go. How many of you are willing to do that right now? I know it's hard. This past Tuesday morning, some of you know, some of you don't, but I'm going to share it with you. This past Tuesday morning, um, once again, I always, I always, I, you have to commend God. He gets you when you, he, he's, he's going to get your attention. And there's nothing like getting your attention at two or three in the morning when you sleep. TV ain't on. You ain't chattering. Ain't, no, no one's chattering. You're just lying there. And he, uh, he had me up. And this is where this is coming from. And this soothing aroma, all these things. And remember a few months ago, I asked you all to pray about getting God's timing right when I move. When I take that step. And your prayer has been answered. Now, I'm going to make it clear, because I've been told before that I didn't do it right last time. 
Sulphur Springs Baptist Church. Okay? Everybody hear that? I have not, I am not resigning Sulphur Springs Baptist Church. My youngest came, yeah, praise God. For the, y'all, y'all, don't force it. If you don't want to do it, don't. It's okay. <laughs> don't clap if you don't want to. It's okay. I'm, not, I'm used to that. I'm not here for your applause. It's good, you know. My daughter informed me last time that I messed it up when I told y'all because everybody walked out of here thinking, well, is you quitting the church? Where is you going? What's happening? I'm not quitting the church or this church. But God had me up at 3 in the morning. I asked you to pray about me getting it right when I go into full-time ministry. And he had me up. We're, we're talking. Bonnie woke up one time and said, huh? I said, I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to God. She went on back to sleep. Now, she's used to it by now. And, and so when this happens, you know, we often forget what we pray for. And then when we get the answer. So I'm sitting here, God's giving me this information, and I say, okay, God, are you sure? Are you sure? You know, I'm doing all this. And like this. He's like, listen, you asked me to give you timing, and I did. This is your timing. I said, yes, Lord. I reached over, grabbed my wife, and I said, Bonnie, you, now, you know, she paid attention to me once. She's like, hmm. I said, Bonnie. She said, yeah, 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 I'm up. What, what, what? I said, it's time. She said, she made a deep sigh. She went, she didn't say she, it was three, around, by that time. And she laid there. This is when you know you got peace, when you can wake your wife up at 3 in the morning by this time and say it's time, and she knows exactly what you're talking about. And she said, okay. And you know what she did? No, she turned on and went back to sleep. <laughs> Wasn't her conversation, it was my conversation, right? She had to get me, you know, she just, all she needed to know was the direction. She turned over and went back to sleep. And I got up. And... Um, Sent a few texts. <coughs> Cindy got one. Um, 4.30 in the morning, I was on my way to work. Called, called some other people. I knew not to call some other deacons because I know y'all's gone. So I'm saying all of this before I finish this sermon, so message so you'll know. Um, Tuesday morning when I went to work, I turned in my resignation. Thank you. I turned in my resignation at my secular job. Yeah. Um, My last day is January 31st, 2019, to give them time to find a replacement. (laughs) Don't forget, that was in her. She wanted to do that. That's good, but you ain't got to force. My last day is January 31st, 2019. Um, My boss was excited. She knew. HR person there knew they were excited. They said, in their exact words, you cannot get in the way of God. I said, amen. So I will be leaving. And I'll be serving here however I need to. But um, when God told me, you got to offer you, I got to step out there and offer me. 
I got to be the living sacrifice. You have to see the living sacrifice. You see, I, I, I have not one time worried about the how he's going to do it. I, I don't worry about that. He said do it. And that's what a living sacrifice does. When Abraham was offering Isaac, he didn't say, well, God, now what are you going to do to replace this one? He didn't say any of that. He put him on the altar. And, and here's the key part. We often sell Isaac short. But Isaac had to lay there and be prepared to be offered. You understand? He wasn't fighting his dad. He wasn't trying to get away. He was a willing sacrifice, just like Abraham made a willing sacrifice. And guess what we have to do? Become the willing sacrifices that are acceptable, acceptable to God. So guess what I'm not doing? I turned in my resignation. I'm not job hunting. Because guess what? I told the gentleman, I told Kent Wiggins, I called him at 4 in the morning. Okay, I called Kent. Kent and Kent was up. He's like, no, brother, I'm up. I'm like, praise God. I told him. I said, you know, our people often sit here and look at you and go, you're quitting your job. What do you mean you're quitting your job to serve the Lord? What are you going to do for work? Hey, guess what? Pastoring is full-time work. People treat it like when you go into service for God that you're going to be unemployed. I'm going to be fully employed. Gainfully employed. Guess what? God doesn't have a retirement program. Guess what? God is never, he never has to lay anyone off. You just have to trust him. And so he said, you're going to be a living sacrifice. So I typed the letter and I gave it. And guess what I'm doing? I'm trusting because he says acceptable to God. Look at the last part of verse chapter one, uh, chapter 12, verse one. It says acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. Acceptable to God. Well, what's acceptable to God? Tell you what, flip your Bibles over to Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to have a little chat about faith. Because that's what's acceptable to God. No new scripture here. There's no deep theological messages here. There's no new Greek words that I'm going to teach you today. There's none, none of that. But I'm going to show you exactly what God is commanding us to do. Not just me. Y'all, I'm, I'm just the under shepherd leading. That's all. And guess what I have? Guess all I have to do, all I have to offer you is my example. Going on mission trips, sticking, hey, listen, and it's not even about sticking your neck out there. I will never say I'm sticking my neck out because that's me. That means I'm planning on someone cutting it off. I'm sticking my foot out there because guess what? I'm planning on something being underneath it when I put it down on the ground. So that's what faith is. It ain't sticking your neck out. It's sticking your foot out and taking a step. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. 
Oh, years ago, a preacher came to a church where I was pastoring, and he had this statement. I'm going to ask you to write this statement down. It was the most beautiful statement. I can forget the preacher's name. He was from some church up in the corner of Alabama somewhere. I don't know what it was, but what stuck to me was this. He said this about faith. He said, if you don't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction or evidence of things not seen. Guess what we're living by? Things we don't see. If you don't see it, though, you got to know that God is telling you before you see it. That's like waiting to... That's like waiting to have children until you're prepared for them. Hello? You'll never be ready for children. You will never be ready for them. They will always do something that you don't expect. Right? They're always going to do something that you don't expect. That's what's going to happen. So you know what? If you sit there and wait, well, we're not going to have children until we're financially prepared. They will break you. They will take every dime you have. I've got money saved. You will spend it. They find ways to do things that will cost you money. Hey, guess what? How I know I'm a child. I used to be a child. I'm still a child. Sometimes I cost my mom money. Guess what? There's those days when they don't want to go to school. They can get sick. There aren't, but they can get there. And guess what? There's your copay going right there just to find out if they're sick or not. They will get your money. So you might as well give it to God before you got to give it to the doctors. I'm just kidding. Okay, anyway. (laughs) If you don't see it, if you don't see it before you see it. See, that's what faith is. It's stepping out there before you see it. Scripture is all written right here. God clearly told us that we are going to go out into the world, making disciples, teaching them to obey all that I command. Do you know every person you're going to run into? No, but you just got to have faith to know that he's going to send them in front of you. And that's what he's going to do. And so it's it's evidence of that, because look what happens in verse two, for by it, it being faith. Men of old gain approval. That's how God approves. That's the acceptable sacrifice Just stepping out there and going. Well, God's like, hey, I approve of that. That's approval. That's good. And it's not, y'all, I'm not doing name it and claim it, right? I'm not going, I'm not asking anyone to go down to the local car dealership and get the most expensive car. God don't want that. I'm laying hands and claiming it and putting a picture on my refrigerator. For the longest, I had family members that used to buy, get pictures of Mercedes Benzes and put them on the refrigerator. And like, I'm claiming that, you know, I'm like, okay, hey, good. Let's claim the car, you know, and all that stuff. Then when you grow mature spiritually and you start learning, man, that's hogwash. That's garbage. God don't care about what car you drive. He just wants you to get to the next lost person. And stepping out there on faith is just that. It's willing to walk away from the car, walk away from the refrigerator, walk away from the job, walk away from the career, walk away from the degrees. Paul did it. I can do it too. Paul walked away from everything. And he says, I count it all rubbish. I count it all rubbish. He had degrees. He didn't care about his heritage and all that other stuff. I counted all rubbish in comparison to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. 
So claim all you want. That ain't what the soothing aroma is all about. That ain't what faith is all about. Faith is about seeing the vision that God has laid out for his children and those who are lost. And the vision is, is that he's going to have a group and a body of believers that are stepping out going, you know what, it doesn't matter what you think, it doesn't matter what you say, I'm going. If I got to go to Uganda, I go to Uganda. If I got to go to Kentucky, I go to Kentucky. Guatemala, I go. Shoe boxes, I go. That's the faith. And I don't, look, I'm not asking for anybody's approval. Hmm? I already got it from God. All that needs to happen now is what? Do it. That's it. Do it. And if if the and it does, you know, I'm not asked, I'm not seeking approval. I didn't I didn't roll over and tell my wife, hey sweetheart, God asked me, he gave me this date. What you think about it? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Harumph. I don't, you know, remember when I called you, some of you guys, I called y'all before weeks ago, and I said, I'm not asking you for your approval. I'm just telling you I need you to pray. And I'm, not, I'm not being rebellious. I'm just letting y'all understand. Y'all, if we don't get where we need to get concerning our faith and concerning making decisions for Christ and the kingdom, y'all, we're going to be stuck in the same old rut and conundrum that we've always been in for all these years. And guess what? Meanwhile, there's going to be people dying and going to hell. All the time, we're sitting here wandering around trying to figure out what we're supposed to do with our lives. And I'm sitting here hemming and hawing my, myself. And you know what? I had no other option but to sit down at my computer at 5 o'clock when I got to work for something and start typing my letter of resignation. I had no option but to do that. God gave me the date. The prayer was answered. Guess what my next step was? Type in January 31st, 2019. You see, God, he's so loving and kind. You know, his, his, in Matthew chapter 5, the word says he, he brings the rain on the just and the unjust. He even said, he said, you're going to do it this way. That's, you know why my notice is so long? It's to give them time to get someone in and for me to train them so I can leave them properly. Because God's name is not going to be tainted. I'm leaving to go into the ministry. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. I know, you know, I could give two weeks notice or we're in at will state. I could just walk out. But what would that do to the reputation of God? What would that do to his great name if I go out just walking around doing all kinds of crazy stuff? That's why it's diligent. That's why faith is asking the right things and then doing the right things. Hold on. I'm sorry. I just put my mad face on. Let me get it off. Sorry, I know we have. Sorry, y'all. I'm not mad. I'm really excited about what God's doing. But I'm just here to let you know. Now look at this. Look at Hebrews chapter eleven. Look at verse three. First off, in verse two, we find out that men of old gain approval. Then verse three: By faith we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. He just spoke it up. There wasn't no chemical makeup for a tree. Not until God put it into existence. He had nothing, no foundation and nothing to work on. Only his power, his name. That's it. And that's plenty. That's plenty. 
So when you when you you want to talk about a soothing aroma, you want to talk about what's what's pleasing to God. You want to talk about how should we offer? Yes. Yes, you need to give. Yes, you need to do those things. But before you can do all that, see, we want to treat our giving as if it replaces what we should be doing. We can't do that. Putting something right here is a great it's a great result of what's been changed right here because you've been given this first. You see what I'm saying? I, I, what, in, in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter, I can give all that I own. I can give everything. But if I don't have love behind it, if I don't have the right things behind it, giving doesn't matter. So you can, you can empty your wallet. You can bring all your deeds to your property. You can do all of that. But if you're not willing to give yourself, if you want to go back to your life as is, after doing all that, what have you done? Living sacrifice. That's what I became Tuesday morning. Became a living sacrifice. I'm worried about it. No, no, I'm not. Really, I'm not. She ain't worried about it. We ain't, we ain't thought one time, you know, we ain't, you know, we ain't thought one time about, well, what you going to do, God? I ain't even asked him what he's going to do. All I know is on January 31st, I'm stepping out of one situation and into my destiny, to my life that God has called me into. And, and all I can tell you is this. After sitting down and laying down and talking to God the way he talked to me spiritually. Now, I'm speaking audibly. He's not speaking audibly, but he's speaking spiritually. You know what I mean? And as these things are happening, there's only one thing that I wanted to do after that. Look at verse six. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. There's only one thing I wanted to do after that conversation was to please God. That's all I wanted to do. I'm not here to please Brad or Amy or Jerry. Anyone else? I'm here to please God. And my life has to be an acceptable sacrifice to him. That means everything had to come up. All my knowledge about you know, uh, process improvements and training people and continuous improvement, lean manufacturing, all that knowledge, all that stuff, garbage. In comparison to being able to sit down with God's people and talk to him about how we're going to we're going to go and we're going to place a Bible in someone's in someone's hotel room. All about how we're going to place them in, in, in not just that we're going to go to the schools and we're going to get them in different languages, all about how we can pray for people. All about how we can go and lift up. That's my, my life. Hey, you got a lost family member, Brother Johnny. Miss Rhonda, y'all got lost family members. Hey, maybe, maybe, who knows what God may be doing. Maybe we can see something else out there. Maybe it's going to be something as simple as, hey, I got a family member down in Florida that I need you to come witness to. Guess what? Let's fire up the rig and go. Pleasing to God. 
at the feeding line. Look at that. There's a group of people there that are giving everything to me, starting with themselves. Can you do that? The only way you can do that is if you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you want to put something there. But before you need, before you put something there, let God put something here. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him? If you do, great. If you don't, let me tell you. David Jones, 408. I won't give the rest of my address since it goes out on the Internet, right? He's given everything. I'm walking away from health insurance. I'm walking away from everything because I want to please God. Now, I'm not telling you that you've got to go walk away from your job tomorrow. I'm telling you this is what God called me to do. You hear what I'm saying? And I got to do it. I'm going to do it. But the only reason I have the power and the strength to do it is because there's, there's a Holy Spirit of God that's within me that has empowered me to do it. If I was lost and just doing something because it's the next great idea, next thing to do, hey, talk to, talk to the creator of the exercise bike or the treadmill. You know, every time you turn around, there's a newer and better version of it. Let me tell you something. There's no end to that. But there is, there is success. There is peace. There is grace. There is so much more through Jesus Christ. See, I can take this step because of who Jesus is. That's it. There's not going to be a late, a new and better Jesus coming because you can't improve on him. There's not going to be a new version. New and improved is not it. It's just a matter of us taking the step and doing what God wants us to do. And that's what I'm doing today. And that's what you need to do today. If you don't know him, it's time to know him. If you're, it's time to forsake everything and follow Christ. It's time. And if, you, if, if, you re, if you're relying on something else other than Jesus, it's going to fail. It's going to fail. Faith is this. Wherever you are in your faith right now, whether you have it or not, but faith is saying, Jesus, I'm yours. Save my life. Take my life. That's faith. And then faith does what God wants it to do, no matter who's standing there, no matter who's watching, no matter whose opinion. Call me, call me dumb, call me stupid, call me risky. Just call me.
that song up. We're going to have a time of invitation before we do our offering. And before we do this offering, before, before this happens, before this happens, ushers, come on up. Before this happens, I want you to make sure right there. Y'all come on down. Y'all ain't got to go back that way. Save yourself. Yeah, come on. Come on. Y'all know by now, if you're visiting today, I'm completely informal. Not that I'm chaotic. I'm just informal because guess what? We spend our lives going on procedures and pomp and circumstance and all this other stuff. when We just need to start letting God be God in our services. And if he does something different, then yay. God ain't up reading the bulletin. He, you think he's up there right now? Oh, what are they doing at Silver Springs this week? Let's follow the bulletin. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Hey, get somebody over there now. We need a Gideon speaker right now. I forgot. He was, he's got a speaker coming. That ain't God. I need everyone to bow their head. And I'm going to ask the deep question that we ask. We try to ask it every week. Jesus could come back this day, this moment. Do you have faith in that you would go to heaven if he returns? Are you 100% sure? If you're not, if, if you are trusting in your friend's salvation, if you put your faith in, in what you might think you know, then you got a problem. But if you know 100%, do you know 100%? If you don't, come on, it's okay. You can do 100% today. Do you want it? Come on. All right. Everybody, every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. And all you got to do, I need everybody, close your eyes, please. All you got to do is trust him. You ready? Everybody keep your head bowed and your eyes closed. This is a private matter. That's one that's offered, her, offered themselves. That's one that has offered themselves. For those of you that know Jesus, you know the rule. Start praying right now because there's another one in here. Woo, praise God. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you're trusting in something else, and you're tired of just not being able to let go, you're trying to live by a standard that you just can't live up to. You can't live up to man's standards. You can't live up to God's standard. That's why God put Jesus here for you, because he's perfecting you through faith, 
He's perfecting you through the work of, of his mighty hands. So we have one right now that's receiving Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Right now, this very instant, tired of life the way it was. And they guess what? They're walking away. The sermon may not have made sense to you, may not even have made sense to me, but it made sense to that person that's standing there right now. Anyone else? Now, I'm going to ask you again, keep your eyes closed and your head bowed and pray. If you're a Christian, pray for this person. But I'm going to ask you one other time. If you don't know Jesus and you need to know him, if you're tired of your life the way it is, I need you to look at me. And God can take care of us. Father, today, oh, we thank you for the mighty work that you're doing right now, Lord God. We thank you for the lives that are being changed right now. We praise you for your whole. We thank you, Lord God, that someone is stepping out right now on, in faith, trusting you with their lives, their life. Lord, we praise you. Lord, we glorify you. Lord, we honor you. And we can't thank you enough. For it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody just look this way. Go ahead, John. Sorry. And see, look at the lyrics. It doesn't matter. Put the lyrics up there. Consecrated Lord Jesus. We stand. Take my hands and let them move at the impulse of thy love. At the Father, we bless this offering. We pray, Lord God, that you receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Go ahead, ushers. Take my feet and let them be swift and beautiful for thee. Take my voice and let me
okay. Okay. We're not going to make her come up. You're going to see the action in her life. Greg, you're taller right now. Raise your hand. Well, right below him is his daughter. And she just came to know Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. Praise God. Praise God. Done. Done. It's done. I mean, praise God. It is done. How many? Well, you, I say, there's water still in there. We're not doing it today. What did I tell you the other week? Leave the water in there because the Spirit is saying that something else is going to happen. If you don't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. You okay, Greg? <laughs> He's got tears all on his shirt. Praise God. Now, huh? I said tears. Oh, come on, Greg. Don't, don't push out the house yet. Praise God. Y'all, when you get a chance, go by and hug on this young lady. Don't too many hugs because she don't like a lot of people hugging. <laughs> She's good. Praise God. Y'all see it? You see what happens when you just let God go and do what he needs to do. So guess what? We're done. Um, we did the offering. Anything I'm missing right now? Anything I'm missing? <laughs>